in our present political climate, there are charges that are being leveled left and right concerning uh, these candidates who are running, especially for our nation's highest office. But this should not surprise us because this type of behavior really has been going on for hundreds of years. This is really not anything new. Maybe new to some of us because uh, many of the uh, candidates, for the most part, have been somewhat cordial. But it is true that uh, the people or the characters that even though they continue to change every four years or every six years, the game is always the same. That they want to eliminate their opponent at all cost. That they want to eliminate them at all costs. Uh, to make this happen, candidates will say almost anything to win and to maintain their place uh, in this political landscape. So today, we're going to look at someone who seemed not to be interested initially in any type of position, but later they get off track. And this is what I call the paradox of the heart. Please turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 10, beginning in verse 24. 2 Kings chapter 10, verse 24. And the passage reads, Then they went in to offer sacrifices and burnt offerings. Now Jehu had stationed 80 men outside and said, The man who allows any of those whom I give into your hands to escape shall forfeit his life. So as soon as he had made an end of offering the burnt offering, Jehu said to the guard and to the officers, Go in and strike them down. Let not a man escape. So when they put them to the sword, the guard and the officers cast them out and went into the inner room of the house of Baal. And they brought out the pillar that was in the house of Baal and burned it. And they demolished the pillar of Baal and demolished the house of Baal and made it a latrine to this day. God uses people as instruments of his judgment. God uses people as instruments of his judgment. Now I know that this biblical principle is sometimes hard to come to grips with. It is difficult to grasp because our perfect and holy God uses imperfect people to deliver judgment on someone else. You know how it goes 
uh, that you are no better than I am, so who do you think you are? Why would our holy and righteous and just God allow broken and messed up people like you to act on his behalf? But I tell you that, thank goodness that those who are in Jesus Christ understand fully uh, it is in the righteousness of Christ and through faith that all of that, it transcends the brokenness of all of our humanity. So when Jesus enters the pictures for us, it is his blood that was shed for us uh, that it makes us and turns us from uh, brokenness into wholeness. But as we look at our passage, in fact, it was Jehu that he was the one who executed Jezebel because of her deep sins. Remember that? Remember Jezebel? Uh, you know how some people, when they really want to insult another person, they just call them a Jezebel. You ain't nothing but a Jezebel. During that time, Jehu knew he was acting in accordance to the will of God. You see, because it was Jezebel who murdered innocent people because uh, her husband wanted their land. It was Jezebel who had uh, the Lord's prophets murdered. You see, Jezebel, she operated under a different set of guidelines. And the Lord God was not the one that was guiding her lines. So Jehu was anointed by the Lord in order to destroy uh, not just Jezebel, but the whole house of Ahab, for which Jezebel was uh, Ahab's wife. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter 22, verse 7. 2 Chronicles chapter 22, verse 7. But it was ordained by God that the downfall of Ahaziah should come about through his going to visit Joram. For when he came there, he went out with Joram to meet Jehu, the son of Nimshi, whom the Lord had anointed to destroy the house of Ahab. You, you, you see that? That it was God himself who anointed Jehu to do what? To destroy the house of Ahab. And basically what it means, it doesn't simply mean to go and burn down Ahab's house. When God calls someone to uh, destroy their house, they don't want them to go and take the bricks off or take the roof off their house. Basically what it means when an entire house is destroyed, that means not only Ahab, but also his wife, his children, cousins, anyone who's associated with Ahab, they had to go. You see, there are certain times when certain spiritual principles are taught that they become embedded in your family. 
Haven't you heard how sometimes there are certain things that, uh, and I've mentioned this before, I've been a warrior, my mom's been a warrior, uh, her father was a warrior. Uh, we, we, we always worried in our house. You see, because the, the, the sin of worry has transcended, it has went down through all generations. Or you may say that in my family, we have a whole line of alcoholics. As far as back as you can remember, there's nothing but uh, all the men were alcoholics. You see, these are sins that permeated the entire genetic line, especially when we think of spiritually. So for here, it was important for God uh, that uh, he anoint and call Jehu to destroy uh, the entire house of Ahab. For Ahab and his family, this wickedness was now embedded in his entire family. Everybody wanted to be on Ahab's side. And then not only that, as a ruler of the land, uh, not only was it embedded in his family, now you know how it goes, oftentimes leadership uh, attitudes and behaviors oftentimes trickle down. This is why a leader's spiritual health is so important. And if you are a spiritual leader, you know and you understand that you affect those in your household. You know that if you are a spiritual leader, understand that you affect those in the workplace. So God anointed and called Jehu to inflict his judgment on the entire house of Ahab. Interesting, however, uh, the spirit of that wicked house uh, still roams this earth today. Are you aware of that? Are you aware that the spirit of Jezebel is still around? Uh, okay, uh, Revelations chapter 2, verse 20. Revelations chapter 2, verse 20. Jesus says to the church of Thyatira in the book of Revelation, but I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrifice to idols. You see, this picture of Jesus speaking to the churches here in the book of Revelation it's also an indictment on churches here in the year 2016. That Jesus, that he not only speaks there, but he speaks to our church and every church that say that we must not tolerate the spirit of the woman of Jezebel who calls herself, right? She calls herself. She is a self-proclaimed prophet. There it is. Anyone who goes around saying that I'm all this, that I'm a prophet, that I'm a super apostle, or I'm an apostle of this, that, and the other, I tell you, watch out. You be careful. You be careful. You see, once these spirits, once they gain access, they don't want you to put them back in their bottles. Not only is the spirit of Jezebel from the house of uh, Ahab in existence today, but it is in existence in many churches today as well. 
Don't think that it went out of style uh, during the time of uh, the church of Thyatira. But now over to the reason why God allows broken people uh, to bring about his judgment. The Lord tells us in the book of Romans, uh, Romans chapter 13, verse 1. He says that there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. In other words, God sets his rules and whoever transgresses those rules are subject to the judgment of God or whoever he allows to implement that judgment on his behalf. Specifically, Romans begins to mention taxes. <laughs> Figure that out. So in other words, in the book of Romans here in chapter 13, God says that when it's time to pay your taxes, to do what? Pay your taxes. Submit yourself to the government. Now, you may not like what they're charging you, amen? Because uh, the Lord knows that when I receive those bills that I don't always like it. But the bottom line, Scripture tells us that we must submit. That we must submit. So we are subject to the fines and the penalties resulting from you running a red light. Uh, why? Because you could kill another person. Right? So the government put those laws in place uh, when you come to an intersection so uh, you won't blindside someone and kill them because you just lost your mind. Romans 13, verses 3 and 4. Now I know this may be a little different about what you have in your mind about leaders, but this is what Paul says, Romans 13, verse 3. Uh, For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is, here it is, God's servant for your good. Now, I'm going to continue reading, but uh, we know what's been happening uh, uh, in, in this nation, all over this nation, with people who are in authority. We know uh, the unjustness that uh, some folks who carry a badge that they have, and they try to inflict on other folks. So you mean to tell me that we're supposed to submit? Yeah, initially we are, we are to submit. You are to submit, yes. And believe it or not, uh, my brothers and sisters from all different hues, that this is a command of God. Did you realize that? That if you are stopped for some reason or another, God says in his word that you have to submit, that when they ask you for your license, that you give them your license. Amen? That when they ask you for your insurance, if you have it, that you hand them your insurance. This is a command of God. But what do I do? What do I do when they start to badmouth me? Been there, done that. What do, they, what do I do when, they receive, uh, when I receive my license? Because number one, they stop me for a false reason. And then number two, they, uh, they return to my car. This is what happened to me. Turn to my car with my license. And they take my license and they throw it in my face like that. And then they get back in their car 
and they roll away like nothing ever happened. What do you do then? Well, you just should be happy that nothing else happened. I won't tell you what, uh, what I did or what I said because it wasn't right, amen? Because I could have ended up in a bad place. I'll tell you that. I have to tell you that to all these young men, especially my son and all the other young men. You know, what I said, I, I should not have said, but he still ended up going on his way. But we have to learn how to approach the situation differently. Learn how to go over their heads. Learn how to write, men. Amen? Learn how to write letters. And if you need an attorney, go find yourself an attorney somewhere. But learn how to deal with the situation in a better way. But then Paul says here in verse 4, But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. So if let's just say everything being equal, if 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 you've done wrong, submit yourself and deal with the situation. Amen. Pay your fine or do whatever you have to do and move on with your life. Don't get mad at him if you were really speeding. Don't get mad at him or her uh, because you decide to run a red light. Don't get mad at him or her because you were you you you, you stole something from a store. Don't get mad at them. And then my brothers and sisters. Don't get mad at your parents when they try to tell you what is right and what is wrong when you go out on these streets. Amen? Amen. So in the case of Ahab and his family line, they were leaders and they were jacked up leaders. They were really, really bad. So again, what do you do when your leaders are bad? You pray that God would break the back of that wickedness and that he may even send you to be a part of the situation. God may send you. So God sends Jehu to inflict his punishment on the house of Ahab. Uh, getting rid of those leaders was important for the spiritual health of the entire nation. And this is why it is critical that church pastors and leaders maintain their focus on Jesus and not yoke themselves together with a political system. Amen? Because if you yoke yourself together with any type of political system, then what happens is God has already called you to be a prophetic voice in our society. So now you are unable to speak to society because people will only see you as this, or they will only see you as that, or only see you as this. So you must maintain your independence of all political systems. But maintain your dependence upon our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So God rewards faithfulness. 2 Kings chapter 10, verse 30. God rewards faithfulness. And the Lord said to Jehu, Because you have done well in carrying out what is right in my eyes, and have done to the house of Ahab, According to all that was in my heart, your sons of the fourth generation shall sit on the throne of Israel. God rewarded Jehu handsomely for his obedience. God rewarded Jehu handsomely for his obedience. God promised that his family line would remain on the throne of Israel for four generations. 
And this is fantastic news, isn't it? Uh, because, frankly, uh, we should all want to be rewarded of the Lord. But the reward should not be the reason for obedience. Amen? Uh, the reason that your kids do, do whatever they do for you in the house is not because of what they should do, what they can get out of the deal. Uh, the reason that they should do it is only because you ask them to. Uh, you know how it is. You remember how it is when you were a kid that when your parent calls you, hey, little Johnny, come here. And what does little Johnny say? What you want? And then the parent says, just come here. Then little Johnny says, what you want? And then all of a sudden, it starts to get really, uh, really tense in the household. And then uh, that parent says, you better get here right now. And then little Johnny, he goes running up the stairs or running through the house trying to find uh, uh, his father or mother. And they get there and say, okay, what do you want? And then the parent says, hand me that remote control so I can turn TV. But we should be obedient simply because we love Jesus Christ. And frankly, it is sometimes the bias I have against allowance for children. You're saying, what? I know some of you have read some of the gurus, and they say you should give your kids allowance. Okay, that's you. That's all right. I'm saying this is my bias. But you see, children, they get, they receive allowances oftentimes for doing things in the house. Amen? But I have a different view. I see chores as a payment for them for receiving all the food, shelter, and clothes they've had all their lifetime. So in other words, you're going to bless them doubly? Well, you should be obedient to me as your father, or uh, if you're a lady, case as your mom, simply because you love me and I asked you to do it. So a child of God does what he requires not because of what he will receive in return, but because of what Jesus has already done for them. And for that we can celebrate and say amen and thank you, Jesus. So the Lord rewards Jehu for his obedience in getting rid of that wicked family from ruling over his nation. And this requires courage and bravery and nerves of steel to go against those who have established themselves as the rulers over the land. And understand that when you go against the grain, especially when the grain is bad, you run the risk of losing everything that you have worked for. That when you go against the grain, that you run the risk of losing everything that you have worked for. When you speak out against the norm, then you can lose your job. When you speak out against the norm, you may put your family in danger. When you speak out against the norm, that you may be a target of some type of payback. Well, could anyone have done what Jehu did? I say, yeah. But only Jehu was able to pull it off due to his unique gifting and anointing that rested upon his head. So Jehu did everything, as you look in the scripture, everything according to what was in God's heart. So what Jehu did, it reflected the desire of God. 
When was the last time that you lived life and you knew that what you, do, or what you were doing, that God was simply pleased with what you were doing? How many of our actions really reflect the desire of God? Or do they really reflect our own desire? Is it really about God? Or is it really about us? So this is my desire for you, for me, our church, and that is to do according to all that is in the heart of God. Amen? Our desire should be to do all that is according to the heart of God. Boy, what a commendation that would be coming from Jesus Christ uh, to say, you know, my son and daughter, you really you're really doing good. You're really making me look good. Now listen to this. Those fanatical against the sins of others may be indifferent about their own sins. Those that are fanatical against the sins of others may be indifferent about their own sins. 2 Kings 10, verse 29 Here is that word, that word of contrast that we hate uh, to hear in Scripture when everything has been going well. But here it is. You know what it is. But Jehu did not turn aside from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which he made Israel to sin. That is, the golden calves that were in Bethel and in Dan. Verse 31. But Jehu was not careful to walk in the law of the Lord, the God of Israel, with all his heart. He did not turn from the sins of Jeroboam, which he made Israel to sin. Now, if you're a little bit like me, there are a couple of things that should bother you about this. Amen? This, does any of this bother anyone in here? Does any of this make any of you uncomfortable? Well, some of this bothers me. Number one, even though Jehu did what he did and he wiped out the house of, uh, of Ahab, Jehu continued to sin. Number two, knowing what we just have heard in number one, God rewarded him anyway. That bothers me. Let's deal with him. So Jehu continued to sin. If you look at Jehu's passion for God and really fulfilling God's plan for Israel and dealing with the unrighteous idolatry, it takes us all the way back to 2 Kings chapter 9. Now we know that all this didn't happen in a day. I'm not sure how long it took, but it took a while for him to bring all these things to pass. But the bottom line is that Jehu, uh, that it began all the way in chapter 9. He had been on the war path for a while attempting to establish justice and God's rule in the land. He eliminated an entire family line because they were in opposition to God. But did he know that maintaining golden calves in the land was idolatrous and an abomination to the Lord that he calls himself servant? Those calves, they represented a demonic influence that was not of God. 
If anything, it represents uh, that demonic presence uh, that has a stronghold on the land and on the hearts and the minds of people. As a matter of fact, as we know about uh, that nation of Israel, that this continued for hundreds of years. The sin of Jeroboam. But Jehu had his heart so set on pointing at the sins of somebody else that he was blinded to his own. Have you ever known folks like that? People that they are so interested in pointing their crooked finger at you. As a matter of fact, their finger is so crooked it is really pointing right back at them. But they are so interested in pointing out your sins that they are totally oblivious to their own sins. Jehu sinned. And he knew. Jehu knew that those idols did not please the Lord. What could he have been thinking about as he executed judgment on all these other folks with all those other gods of Baal? Well, we don't know. And we can only speculate about what he was thinking but being a king of Israel, I believe that he knew that it was absolutely sinful. So here it is for you and I. Never be so passionate about the sins of others that you become indifferent about your own. Never become so, uh, in, uh, so passionate about the sins of somebody else that you can't see your own sin. 1 Corinthians 10.12 It says, Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands or she stands take heed lest he fall. Memorize that. Memorize it. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he or she stands take heed lest he or she falls. We should never be cavalier towards someone else because, they're, uh, because of their sin. If this is you, there is something definitely wrong with your heart that you really have an issue. You're probably not in touch with the Lord on a personal basis, even though on the outside you look like it. Maybe Jehu could hear clearly about uh, what the house of Ahab was doing, uh, but his own spiritual house was not in order. This is why sometimes we cannot speak truth on our jobs or, or where we go to school at. Because we know that we are just as big of a sinner as the person that we call ourselves witnessing to. So we can't. We have to keep our mouths closed. Therefore I say concerning himself that Jehu was out of touch personally with God. You see, ministry or what you can do for God should never uh, take the back seat of being with God. Amen? Ministry or what you do for God should never take the back seat to being with God. Now notice the way that verse 29 comes in priority. Again, Jehu's sin is clearly mentioned before God, and it gives a clear pronouncement of a reward to come. So God saw the sin and still rewarded Jehu for doing according to all that was in his heart. So then, okay, so if Jehu was doing what he was doing, and, and we know that God, he sees all things, right? Amen? 
That God is omniscient and that he knows all things. So if God knows all things, does God know that Jehu was sinning? Yes, he does. And yes, he did. Absolutely. So then if he knew, then was God being indifferent to sin? Was God going to just give him a free pass? <laughs> this is a problem. This is a problem if you view God to be righteous and holy. But it should not be for many of us. Because you know how Jesus Christ saved you. Amen? You know how Jesus Christ turned your life upside down. Amen? You know how you can do that victory and dance and know if anything happened to you that you're going to heaven. Amen? But you also know when you sin. You also know when you have sinned. So then the question is then, is God turning a blind eye to my sin? You see, you, we just can't say, Jehu, 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 point our finger at Jehu, but we must also turn that finger back on us and point that finger at us. Is God turning a blind eye to sin because we already know that he's too holy even to look upon sin. We work, we do ministry, we sin. And then we expect God to bless us anyway. Amen? We, we expect God to bless us and for us to do our, our, our Holy Ghost days after we have sinned and God has opened up a door for us. <laughs> but here it is. God blesses according to his sovereignty. And we should never get discouraged or jealous because he does. We do not have the mind and the heart of God to know the reasons why he still decides to bless us anyway. All we can really do is say thank you, lift our hands up in the air, and receive his blessings. Lord, forgive me though. Amen? Always confessing our sins because the scripture says that God is faithful and just to forgive us, right? And to cleanse us. But we must confess. So now, however, we can't ignore the fact that the Lord still blessed Jehu, especially when God was bringing judgment on king after king after king for, 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 for swaying away from him. Because Jehu, he kept those golden calves in the land in the first place. He kept them there much for the same reasons they were initially placed there. After the Lord blessed him, bottom line is that Jehu didn't want to lose face. He didn't want to lose any of the momentum he established in that land as its leaders. This is the reason why. Here it is. Here it is what I've been getting at. For him, the reason why Jehu kept the calves there was because it was a political decision. It was a political decision. This is the reason why he left it there. Wait, well, so what are you talking about? It's a political decision. Come on, 1 Kings chapter 12, verses 26 and 27. Now remember that he, he kept that sin according to 
Jeroboam. Remember that? So in, under, to, in order to understand why Jehu kept them there, we must understand why Jeroboam put them there in the first place. 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 26. If this people go up to offer sacrifices in the temple of the Lord at Jerusalem, then the heart of this people will turn again to their Lord, to Rehoboam, king of Judah. Remember, Rehoboam was the son of Solomon. And they will kill me and return to Jeroboam, king of Judah. So the king took counsel and made two calves of gold. And he said to the people, You have gone up to Jerusalem long enough. Behold your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. So the reason why Jeroboam had placed uh, the, uh, the, uh, the idols in Dan and Beersheba, that basically these were the borders, the, uh, the uh, northernmost and the southernmost part of Israel, was because he did not want anybody in this nation to go to give their allegiance to anyone in Judah. Remember, this was a time when Israel was broken in half because of sin. Amen? And it was split into two. You had the northern part, which was Israel, and the southern part called Judah. So Jeroboam did not want any of his people to go down south to go and worship there, to go and give their allegiance to Rehoboam. So now Jehu did not want to lose his constituents. So you know that uh, when you don't want to lose folks, you start saying anything. No matter how crazy it may be. You may even turn to being super nice because you want to be seen in a certain light. You will make all kind of promises. Uh, you, everywhere else in our nation on Thanksgiving, there will be a turkey in every single household. I promise you, as your leader, any cockamamie thing that you can think of, you will do in order to not lose your face. Leaders will sometimes do whatever they can, even if it's sinful or, and or, I should say, illegal, to garner votes or maintain a base of support. What sinful person, action, or activity are you allowing to remain in your life? Because you think that if you remove it, you will lose some type of momentum. What relationships in your life uh, that you know that you need to get rid of, that you need to just go ahead and cut those ties, but you don't want to do it because you think that you're going to be all alone? What things that uh, do you have going on in your life that you know that you're doing on your job that you should not do, that you believe that if you stop doing it, that you're going to get fired because all of a sudden uh, the, the, the cover is going to come off? How many of us just simply allow sin to happen? I think some people want to maintain the status quo and their successfulness to the point of even willing to make a deal with the devil if they could. How could we want something so bad that we're willing to allow wickedness and darkness to pervade our walk with God? If you haven't done so yet, it is past time to do some house cleaning in your soul. So the consequences for allowing these things to remain in your heart are wide-reaching. So we, you and I, 
must consider what we have to lose for disobeying God. Here it is. Sin limits the fullness of God's blessings. Sin limits the fullness of God's blessings. 2 Kings chapter 10, verses 32 and 33. In those days the Lord began to cut off parts of Israel. Isaiah defeated them throughout the territory of Israel. From the Jordan eastward, all the land of Gilead, the Gadites and the Reubenites and the Manassites, from Aurora, which is by the valley of Arnon, that is, Gilead and Bashan. You see, never once does God turn a blind eye to sin. In other words, God is not going to ignore your sin because of all the good that you've done for him. God is not going to turn his face from you because you've done some good things. There are people all over the place doing things in the name of the Lord who will never ever make it to heaven. They do not possess the key to heaven, which is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Remember always that heaven is not our goal. Jesus is your goal. Heaven is not your goal. Your goal is Jesus. You see, if your goal is Jesus, you get heaven by default. But if you search and try to maintain heaven, then you have a tendency to overlook Jesus. And Jesus says, we ain't having none of that. So because the idols remain as borders to that nation, all the people would flock there. Ultimately, this caused the entire nation of Israel to sin. Instead of getting the real God, they were bamboozled into thinking their salvation came from a force which was really nothing at all. Recall that the Lord blessed Jehu and his descendants by allowing them to remain in power for four generations. But I submit to you, I believe that it is possible that if Jehu would have been obedient all the way fully, that I believe maybe, we don't have any scripture or verse, chapter or verse for this, I say maybe that, that God would have not just blessed him to the fourth generation, maybe to the fifth, the sixth, the tenth, or the twentieth generation having someone on the throne. But God says, I'm going to bless you anyway, and I'm going to allow uh, four of your descendants to, four of you guys to remain on that throne. Who knows? But also note verse 32, which says that the Lord began to cut off all parts of Israel in those days. You see, even though uh, they were blessed, God limited the blessings. By cutting off their land, instead of Israel growing, Israel began to shrink. So even though uh, uh, Jehu had his descendants on the throne, they were not able to expand, but instead they began to get smaller, as we just read. The idea with the kingdom of God is that he wants to expand his influence. So the land that Jehu wanted to rule began to retract. The people he wanted to keep for himself as hard as he tried, by leaving those golden calves there, as hard as he tried to keep those people there, God still cut off that land. Anyway. So the idols didn't help. Brothers and sisters, the idols will not help you. Ignoring your sin, it is not productive in your life. What about you? Come on. Which blessings of God have you not received 
because you fail to do your due diligence towards sin. Have you ever wondered why it is that you are not able to break through in a certain area in your life? Maybe it's because of sin. I don't know. You know. But I tell you, brothers and sisters, as I interact with you, many of you in here, you are blessed of the Lord. You are blessed of the Lord. And God wants you to operate in His best. So these are all questions that we must consider if we want to fully function as God's blessed children without hindrance. This, indeed, is the paradox of the heart. And we ask God to give us discernment for ourselves so that we can be His witnesses out there. Let's pray.